I just want to do God's will. The kind of revolution that the world needs is a Christian revolution. If you want a miracle, you've got to expect it to happen. You are the recipients of God's grace and God's blessings, and you rejoice in that reality. Welcome to Life Today Live. How you doing today? Can you use a little encouragement? Well, stick around. We're going to give it to you. My guest today is Caitlin Skaggs. She is an author. She is a television personality. Um, she's doing a lot, actually a lot of really cool things. A writer as well. She has a book that I want to show you. It is called Worth It and Wonderful. Inspiration for Christian Women to Live Bravely and Boldly. So, I don't know where you're at today, but uh, all of us can use some encouragement, and so you're going to get some today. Caitlin, great to have you on Life Today Live. Thanks so much for having me. Excited to be here. Walk us through a little bit of, of your message. You're worth it and wonderful. I, I kind of smiled when I read this because I thought, you know, I'm worth it. I'm wonderful. Somebody likes me, you know, but we need that kind of that kind of boost because we, you know, life, life will beat you down. Absolutely. I think you're exactly right that this world can be so tiring and heavy and there can be so much darkness. And we really do need that affirming message that reminds us of who we are and who we belong to. That's the most important part of this book is that it's not just self-empowerment just to say, hey, you're great. I think you're great, although I do. Um, it's that God thinks you're great. It's that the Lord himself made you fearfully and wonderfully. And that's really the premise that is underneath every concept in this book. Now, your your background is a little different for a lot of my guests. I wouldn't <laughs> yes. have expected it. If I'd have met, you know, just met you, uh, in a coffee shop or something, I wouldn't have automatically gone, oh, I know what she used to do. Tell us a little right. bit about your background. Yeah, it is surprising. It even surprises me sometimes <laughs> still. Um, so right out of college for five years, I was a police officer and I worked on midnight shift for those entire oh, five God. years. So it was something that I thought I wanted to do forever. I really had this hunger for justice and I wanted to go right all the wrongs in the world. And in my mind, it made sense to go be a police officer and do that. Um, so that was where everything started for me. How, wh why, why did you get out? Yeah, great question. Um, I felt this seismic heart shift when we were expecting our first child. So when um, her name's Harper, but when Harper Grace was on her way here, I realized that um, the kind of mom I wanted to be required a different kind of schedule, not a midnight schedule, not a law enforcement schedule. Um, so that's when when things changed. And truly, I panicked at first because law enforcement was all I ever wanted to do. And truthfully, I put too much of my identity in the badge and in the role. Um, and so this is where some of my earliest ideas for this book come from about seeing our identity rooted in God above career or credentials. Yeah. And I know that's particularly hard for women um, who are career minded and are on a career path and, because it's, it's hard to raise children and pursue, you know, the dedicate the time that men are able to do. Um, what made you choose one over the other? Hmm. Well, I think I really just had to be faithful to what I was feeling led to do. And, um, and also at the same time, another part of my story is that 
while I was pregnant with Harper, I ended up being diagnosed with melanoma. So I had a cancer diagnosis while pregnant. And I think all of those things swirled together to just create this eyes wide open moment where I had to think deeply about how I wanted my life to go. And I had this real um, value assessment and through prayer and considering all of that, I realized I needed to pursue family first and treat family as ministry, my primary ministry on the home front and then figure out the career piece second. Um, and, and that was just how I knew it had to be. I had that deeply rooted conviction. Yeah. And you haven't, haven't so how old is Harper now? <laughs> She's 10. 10. Okay. So any yeah. more, any more in the, in the family there? Yeah, I have a nine-year-old too. So a uh, little stair step kids and they are just, they're delightful. Two of my favorite people easily. Yeah. Oh, well, of course. But I, I ask that because you are also, you know, you've got the, the television segment, the morning motivations, uh, mm -hmm. you're working with, um, was it called New Hope Girls? Uh, yeah. And, and you're writing for Inspiration Ministries. I mean, you're you're still doing a lot. Yeah, you know, I am, but I um, I think often of how God's in, in all this with me and I feel led to do these things and they're not being done out of this place of obligation. And that's really what I hope to differentiate is I'm not doing it to prove, well, I can write and I can do all the things and be a great mom. It's not about proving anything, but it's about using the gifts and talents that God has given me to try to spread a message of true hope um, and to encourage others. And everywhere I look, people are hard up for encouragement. So if I can be that voice and if I can be that, um, that light, that salt of the earth and light, I'm all for it. So it gets me motivated. It gets me excited. It uh, gets me out of bed in the morning. So I really am just thankful for all the different things I get to do. Yeah, no, I kind of, I think kind of the direction I was thinking was that making the tough decision to leave a career uh, for children. Um, I mean, that's hard, but it seems like God's opened up a lot of other doors for you. Yeah, you're completely spot on with that. I think that, you know, the pieces of scripture that talk about his ways and his plans being better than ours, I've seen that tenfold in my life. Um, I truly thought my entire career was going to be in law enforcement. And I even had this prestigious internship with the FBI in college. And I had this perfect pedigree for someone who could thrive through that and wanted to. So there was a little bit of shock to the system when it all started to, um, you know, fall through. That's how it felt at first. But what's amazing is how nothing is wasted in God's economy. And he took a woman who was dedicated to justice and using her voice to advocate for others. And he brought me on this fantastic journey through marketing and communications. I had my own business at one time um, and ultimately sold it. And then here I am now, all these pieces have come together and I'm advocating for a nonprofit that rescues girls and women from trafficking and exploitation. So it's this beautiful full circle. And again, nothing is ever wasted with him. No, not at all. And I love that. And we're going to talk about some more about that in just a second. But I want to ask you about uh, the message of the book, the encouragement that you're, you're trying to share, because like I said, there's probably somebody watching right now who is just feeling like, man, I am broken. I am beat down. I'm, I, I, nothing's worked out. What do you, what do you say to someone who is really discouraged today? Oh man. Well, I know there's far too many people in that position. And I would just say that we can always get our hopes up, right? It may not feel like it and it may feel dark and it may feel hard, 
But um, we serve a God who sees and who knows and who walks with us in the daily details, even when we're at our most alone. Um, so I say turning to scripture and that truth is really important. But the other thing that's so critical is we we come alongside that with practical solutions. So one example would be if you're feeling lonely and hopeless, getting wrapped in community and other people who are going to speak truth into your life and maybe even provide practical solutions like a meal or someone to come sit with you while you recover from a surgery it's it is enough to find identity and wholeness in the Lord and he also graciously gives us practical solutions to the challenges we face so I think it needs to be both of those things combined yeah no no doubt and and it's it's often easy for us to say you know Christ is enough you know Jesus is sufficient and he is but his design if you look back in the scripture uh, and in, even in this you know history some, you you will see that his design is for us to be in community and that's that's hard for a lot of us western-minded individual you know pull yourself up by your bootstraps kind of people sometimes but the community is important i as someone who spent time as a police officer uh and has seen the ugly side of community does this still come natural for you is that kind of the way you're wired or have you kind of had to put yourself into into that community aspect, um, despite the negatives that are out there. It's funny you ask that because I had to write a whole chapter dedicated to it Did you? because, of, yeah, because of how I had to work through it. Because when I was a cop, I didn't need help from anyone to do anything. Right, I had this fierce independence about me. And as I mentioned before, I was humbled by a melanoma diagnosis. And all of a sudden, this rough, tough, I mean, rough, tough, look at me, right? But this <laughs> this feeling rough and tough um, police officer, I needed a lot of people and I needed them in a really deep way. Um, but in that, I learned the beauty of giving others the gift of showing up for you. So yes, it's about us. Yes, it was about me and those needs I had in that moment. But it's so cool to see that boomerang support that when someone is allowed to bless you, when you give them that permission and that um, that freedom to step in and love you well, everybody rises through it and everybody is just kind of redeemed through the process. So something I've had to learn, something I'm still learning, because as you mentioned, you know, publishing the book, being a mom, mm -hmm. um, I'm finishing up my master's as we speak. There's a lot of things happening all at once. And there have been times that I've had to call my own mom and say, okay, I can't even think about dinner. Are you in a position where you could just help me think through dinner tonight? And then mm -hmm. mom swoops in and saves the day. So I too am learning the very lessons I've um, I've shared in my book. Very cool. What's, uh, what's the master's in? Is it criminology or something? No, it's <laughs> finally going to be related. Okay. So it's in uh, strategic communications. Okay. Very nice. Yeah. Very nice. Yeah. All right. Uh, this is the book that we're talking about. It's called Worth It and Wonderful. It looks just like this, available wherever you get books. And I want to show you a website as well. Uh, this is boldlypursue.com, boldlypursue.com. If you want to follow up with Caitlin, you can check out more there. Um, I have a question. So you've got these words. You've got courage, gratitude, and joy, but you got courage there. And, and over on your book, you've got the words, uh, let me show that, brave and bold, bravely and boldly. There's there's a little bit of a theme going on here <laughs> I'm seeing. What are you tapping into that has this this courage under undercurrent in all of it? 
Yeah. Well, I think as believers, we do have to live brave and it can be very hard to lean into that reality. Um, we, this world needs us to show up and shine. We are supposed to reflect the glory of God in the way that we live and living small serves no one well, because this world is facing big problems and heavy problems. Yes. Some of what I saw as a police officer, but even the everyday heart of mental health and, um, and divorces and, and losing loved ones, there's so much heavy and it takes courage in the face of all that heavy to step forward and still choose joy in Jesus and choose to shine bright in a really dark world. So I dream of a world where we all do feel that that biblical Christ-centered empowerment, because to me, that's going to be game-changing for kingdom impact. Mm -hmm. I, I, I think at, at the risk of sounding sexist, I, I think the church sometimes has placed that more on men and, and not on women. But if you look in Scripture— I mean, there are women that are very, very bold and courageous, and they're the ones that are held up, just like men are, as yeah. as the the famous in the kingdom of God, right? Do you think? Absolutely. Did you did you perceive any of this sometimes in the church that we kind of put women in this box over here, and it doesn't include being bold and brave and courageous? Oh, absolutely, and I think that's why this message that I've shared is so important to note that I'm rooting it in biblical concepts because I think sometimes there's this um, this separation of camps that women empowerment has to happen in a secular way. That's not a thing that should happen within the church. Mm -hmm. Or you can be a biblical woman, but in a quiet way, in a subdued way. And I think we're missing the mark because the Bible does command each of us to use our gifts and talents for kingdom impact, yes. all of us. And we're supposed to come together. Um, we need you know, the hands and the feet. We need the full body of Christ working together for kingdom impact. So I think you've hit the, you know, you've hit it spot on. Um, but I think it's important that as we seek to help women feel empowered and more bold, that we're rooting it in gospel truth each and every step of the way. That is, that is so well put. Uh, because <laughs> I, 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 I don't, I, I, people that watch the program at all, you know, I, I don't like the boxes that we, in the church, oftentimes, not everybody, Put, but put women in. I, I think it's I think it's demeaning, and I think it holds them back from all that God's called them to be. At the same time, when the world says this is how you empower women, that gets upside down real, real quick. Right. And so, for, to do what you're doing to say, okay, no, let's look at strong women in Scripture, godly women in Scripture, uh, and let's model ourselves after those godly aspects, what you find are godly, bold, brave, courageous women, and they yes. make a huge impact. So I really, that, that really resonates with me. And I hope it resonates with, with people that are viewing. Um, how do, how do people respond to you when you go, when you say what you're saying? You know, mostly I think it's been well embraced. It's almost like women feel like someone is giving them permission for the first time to see it a little differently. Good. And again, I, I want to be clear that I'm not trying to say it's because I say so. Like I was very careful to treat scripture with all the reverence and respect that it, it, it demands and deserves. Um, but I think that changing that narrative or letting women see it a little bit differently has been eye-opening. Um, I, I a group of women are using my book right now in my local community as a Bible study, and I got to sit in and watch them go through the first three chapters. And there's there's questions at the end of every chapter, and 
to hear them talk and to hear the things they're wrestling with, so much of it comes back to identity and where are you finding your identity and your fullness? And therein lies the ability to be bold, right? So to sit there and hear them say for in their own words, yes, this is an issue I struggle with all the time today, even right before I came mm-hmm. on my way here, I just feel so much gratitude um, that I get to help connect women to God's truth about who they are. It truly is such an honor. And to see the book being used in that way already is uh, is more than a dream, a dream come true for sure. Good, good. And and just the beginning, I think. Uh, where, does, where does your whole pursuit of justice, uh, both in the criminal justice system and and godly justice, which is a lot of what you're you're doing here by empowering women to be who God's called them to be, right? What, where does that come from? Is, is that just something you always wanted to do or was there trauma in the past? What, what, what sparked that in you? Yeah, when I was in high school, I remember learning the statistics about sexual assault and thinking that I read it wrong. I remember mm. reading it again <laughs> and then reading it again one more time and thinking, I can't possibly be reading what I'm reading because one in four, that means 25%. Like I'm not a math person, but I do know that that means 25%. And I fundamentally felt myself rejecting that. Like this cannot be the world I live in. Mm. I do not want to live in the world where one in four women are going to be the victim of sexual assault. And it it probably started truthfully in an ungodly place in terms of the justice I craved and, and me feeling like it was up to me to enact that justice, right? Because the Bible's clear vengeance is his, but I felt this burning fire in me of like, I've got to figure out what my role is in writing these wrongs. So the pursuit of psychology and criminal justice, um, that's where that really came from. And when I became a police officer, it was because I wanted to work with women in domestic violence and sexual assault situations. I mean, I did the other pieces of my job as well because that was important too. But if I could have done anything all day, every day, it would have been working with women in those situations to try to enact justice on their behalf or just to look them in the eyes and say, you have untouchable worth. This this doesn't change your inherent value. Um, and I think that that's just been a message that has been ingrained on my heart since those early days in high school. And it to shout it from the rooftops, it is everything that I want to do. Oh, I, I love it. I, I got to tell you, the hardest thing in our uh, what we call rescue life outreach, which started heavily outside the U.S. and we over the years have done more and more in the U.S., but one of the hardest things was leading a, a, a pimp, someone who was prostituting young girls to mm. the Lord and accepting that. Cause it was like, no, we, you know, yeah. it's like, we want to rescue these girls and we want to put the pimps down, you know, uh, send them where we think they belong. It's like, no, God says, I want to rescue them all. Uh, and right. that, that's a hard, that's a hard, I'm guessing you faced that at some point. You ever had to well, pray for an abuser or something? You know what's so wild you say that before this conversation, I just hung up the phone with my mom who's in the Dominican Republic right now with our with our ministry, New Hope Girls. And my dad is there. And at the top of the mountain that overlooks this impoverished community that is ravaged by um, exploitation and abuse, my dad said, it's time to pray for the bad guys. We got to pray for the men. And as my mom told me, I won't cry on you now. I'll spare you the tears. But I started crying on the phone with her because of how hard it is and how in a way my spirit kind of grieves that but then i'm also convicted because i know that jesus came for them too um and it is that okay so there's the broken and whole right of of just it feels so broken but we know no one is too far gone for god's redemption and having to choose to grab onto that in new ways through um praying for the salvation of a pimp or the people who are exploiting our girls Ooh, man that is that is a growing moment in faith to do that for sure 
It is, and I think it's one that you can't do uh, on your own. Mm. Definitely not easily. I, 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 impossible for me. You know, I got two daughters, and I'm like, dude, if someone had ever done to my daughters what is done to young girls all over the world every day, I, I yeah. just, you know, I'd have a bullet with her name written on it. It's just, it's just the way I feel, you know. And so to, wow, that that's kind of a big thing. You know, that, that, that's a, only God can do that. You got to have, I want you to explain a little bit. I'll show people the website here. This is sure. newhopegirls.com that you just referenced. Um, yeah. And this is, this is an amazing thing. And it's, I see a lot of people in the church uh, waking up to this problem, uh, both worldwide, but also right here in the United States. Talk mm -hmm. us a little bit through what you're doing there, because I think it's a beautiful work. Oh, thank you. Yeah. So New Hope Girls has been around for 13 years now, and my role specifically is stateside. I am the one stateside employee. I'm I'm essentially a liaison um, for the organization. So there's a couple components to the work we do, but at our core, we rescue girls and empower women in the Dominican Republic. That's the corner of the world to which we've been called to fight. We have a series of safe homes where girls are who have received their rescue come and they begin their hope and healing journey. Um, we walk with them through trauma-informed therapy, education, excellent nutrition, and a whole lot of fun memories made. So we raise them like daughters. Um, separate group is our women. Our women come into our workshop and sew gorgeous bags. And as they do so, they provide for their family with honor and with dignity, and they break cycles of exploitation and, um, and we know that when moms are earning a living wage, their children are safer. So it's our prevention arm in that community in the Dominican Republic. We also have weekly outreach. So we go into the poor, impoverished um, portions of the community and spread our message of hope and also safety, letting little girls know what to look out for and when to ask for help and who they can ask for help. Yeah, that's, and that's that's important. I, you, in your message that's in, in, in the book, you talk about you know the broken in the hole, which you referenced. I know a lot of people think I'm broken. I cannot really be whole mm -hmm. again. But mm -hmm. in in the Dominican Republic, you're dealing with some brokenness that is really, really just bad. I mean, it's it's crushed. Yeah. Are you seeing wholeness restored? Oh my gosh! To people? Yes, I am. We um, that's actually where the whole book came from. So there's a chapter broken and whole. And it started as one blog that I wrote on a plane home from, from my first visit to New Hope because I felt overwhelmed with honestly how at times how God forsaken it felt down there. Yeah. How, how is this happening to little girls? I'm talking three and four-year-old girls. Mm -hmm. And I felt the weight of that. But then I watched them rejoice and I watched these little girls pray over each other at this birthday celebration. And I couldn't understand how people who had been so abused and mistreated and broken could flip it around and use it for joy and find redemption and find sisterhood and healing. And I almost like the tension I felt in my mind was so much. And, and that's where it all came from because I witnessed the reality of being broken, but so beautifully whole because of how redemptive um, the Lord is and how he truly can make beauty for ashes. And it's amazing. Yeah, it is. And, and it's a great reminder to those of us who are in situations that don't you know, on the outside don't don't seem as bad, but sometimes on the in, inside they can be equally as devastating. I don't want to play anybody's pain down. And just know that that God is a redemptive God that's greater than any pain or 
brokenness that we can feel. And when you take your brokenness to God, he can put it back together. If we sit in it, it just it's just ruined. And yeah. so, you know, anyone out there that's watching right now, if you're feeling broken, hopeless, just know there is hope. There is a God who can redeem you, give you a purpose again, give you peace, give you joy, which you may feel like someone's stolen from me and I can never have again. God can restore all of that and more. Caitlin, I appreciate you, appreciate your message. I want to leave you with the last word. If there's anything that I forgot to mention, please do mention it. But uh, just what a great time of encouragement today. I really appreciate you and your message. What else should our audience know? Well, I just appreciate this time so much, and I hope to just reiterate that each and every person um, listening truly was made worth it and wonderful by God the Father, and um, I hope that they find that to be true as they cling to um, Jesus as their everything. Yeah, yeah, so good. Appreciate you guys watching. If you know someone that needs a little hope and encouragement today, hit forward. And as always, we appreciate you subscribing, following, liking. Do check out Worth It and Wonderful. It's available wherever you get books because in God's eyes, you are worth it and you are wonderful. Appreciate you being here. We'll see you again next time here on Life Today Live. Nobody can prevent you from doing the will of God.